Welcome to the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast, your weekly dose of accounting and tax tips specific to small business owners. You will be on your way to growing your business and paying the least amount in taxes as legally possible. Here's your host, Mike Jezoshek, CPA. Hello, and welcome back to another episode. We are getting closer to year-end, and I think it's important that we take some time to talk about specific year-end strategies. So what we've been talking about on the podcast for the last few weeks is we're going through different things you need to be thinking about, but those are just things that we would do anytime throughout the year. Today, what we're going to be talking about is specific strategies that are related to what you would do, what you would change since we're directly at year-end. Next week, we're going to finalize kind of 2023 with kind of a summary episode. Here are some things we want to be thinking about. Last minute items with just a little bit of time left in the year. Here's what we want you to be on your radar, making sure you're implementing. Because remember, once 1231 hits, most tax strategies, most tax opportunities for 2023 are thrown out the door. Now, don't get me wrong. There's still some opportunities still after year's end. But most of what we'd want to do, most of what we'd want to take advantage from a tax planning standpoint needs to be done before 1231. So if you haven't been listening to some of the things we've been talking about the past few weeks, definitely go back, check those out. I love doing these kind of year-end, starting in September through December. I love the topics that we're going through because it's so relevant to so many people and there's so much gold there for tax savings. So it takes action now. Time is of the essence right now. So we want to make sure that we're taking action now. If you have been like thinking about, I want to implement this or I want to implement this strategy and you just keep pushing it off. Now is the time when that implementation needs to take place. So with that being said, let's dive into some strategies that we like to talk about as we're approaching year end, some specific kind of year end strategies, things you would probably want to be doing right in December, some kind of last minute things once you've done all your bookkeeping, bookkeeping up to date, and you're like, okay, here's where our profit's going to be. Here's where our tax liability is going to be. I want to get that lower or I want to change some things. Here's some quick things, quick hit items that we can think about as year end. So the first one is prepaying expenses. This is kind of an age old strategy that we've always consistently been talking about a year end, but this is just prepaying for items that you're going to be buying anyways next year. Now, this is mainly for cash basis tax filers. But one thing I always say, and and we preach this a lot on the podcast, is we would never encourage you to buy things you don't need. So that's not what we're talking about. We're not saying go out and buy a piece of equipment, go out and buy this, go out and buy that, that you don't really need, but you're just going to buy it to reduce your income. That's not what we're talking about. When we talk about prepaying expenses, we're saying, hey, we're going to have to buy some things next year. We're maybe looking to, we want to prepay some rent so we can make a rent payment on our rent for January, February, March, and April. We have some cash on hand. We're just going to prepay that. Get the expense now here in 2023 so we don't got to worry about then. Or maybe it's insurance. We're going to prepay some insurance. You know, these are expenses that are going to happen no matter what. They're going to happen. We're just paying for them now. Now, one thing that I always kind of like to talk about when we talk about this is it's really just shifting of income. So if we take and we prepay expenses here in 2023, now we're not going to have that expense in 2024 to offset our income. So it's just shifting that expense from next year back into this year when we're prepaying items. Those are opportunities. Prepaying rent, prepaying insurance, prepaying, buying things that you know you're going to need January, February, March, buying them now to get the expense. Now, I would say this if you're in a situation where you don't need to really lower your income, maybe you had to buy some new equipment this year and there's some big bonus depreciation, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but maybe you had expenses that you don't need to reduce your income anymore this year. Maybe we're going to move. We're definitely not going to use the strategy. Let's take advantage of those next year when you're maybe going to have a higher income year. The second piece that coincides with this a little bit 
is to stop billing your customers, your clients, your patients, things like that. Now, we wouldn't suggest this for people that have trouble collecting money. So if you have a customer or a client that just seems to never pay you, we're not going to implement this idea, this thought. But the thought behind this is if you have some vendors or, or clients or customers that always pay you on time, Maybe you'd say, hey, can you hold off on that December invoice? Or maybe we're going to wait to send that December invoice until January 1, push that income into the next year. Maybe it's a very large one. A lot of people like to make large payments. And so maybe you're like, hey, we have this large invoice coming in. We're going to push off. Can you wait to pay that in January? That's just shifting that income from this year into next year. So taking sales that you would have to record, let's say they pay it on December 30th, that's income in 2023, even though it came on December 30th, whereas if they pay it January 2nd, now that's income in 2024. So something to think about there. Again, we're not going to advise someone to do this with you have customers that are clients that maybe are not good at paying. We're not going to say, don't push those off. Just any money is good money. So money in the door is better than money never received. So make sure you take that into consideration. But if you have some really good paying clients, you could stop billing them. You could shift some of that income into the future year. Again, this is just a shift of income. So we're moving it from one year to the other. It's not reducing or eliminating stuff. It's just moving it from one year to another. We're saving it. We're creating less income this year, but now we're going to have more income next year. Or we're creating more expenses this year if we look at prepay expenses, but now next year we're going to have less expenses. So just a shift, something to consider. This isn't something that is going to completely eliminate it or, or cancel each other out. The next item is buying equipment office equipment. Maybe it's buying a new vehicle for your business. Again, don't go out and buy things that you don't need. But if you're like, hey, Mike, I plan on buying a new truck. I plan on buying a new work van in January or February next year. Let's speed that up. Let's do it now, especially if we need the deduction this year. Again, the important piece is having a good set of bookkeeping. We need to know where your financials are at. If you're in a situation where, hey, you really don't need that many expenses this year, or you know that next year is going to be a high income year, maybe we'll want to avoid some of these strategies that we're talking about today and say, I would rather take those expenses next year. But one thing to think about for equipment, some vehicles is that bonus depreciation in 2023 is at 80%. So if you have, a, if you're buying a vehicle or you have equipment or whatever it might be, office equipment, furniture, whatever it might be that might qualify for bonus depreciation, bonus depreciation for 2023 is 80%. So you buy a piece of equipment worth $100,000 that qualifies, you can take an $80,000 deduction in 2023. That bonus depreciation amount goes to 60% in 2024. So just some planning strategy you might want to think of is that if you're pushing off, if you're saying, hey, next year's going to be a bigger income year, that bonus depreciation might not be as much next year. Doesn't mean that we can't do it with Section 179 or maybe some other opportunities, but just something to consider. Buying office equipment that you're going to do next year might make sense this year. If you need a new lawnmower next spring for your lawn mowing business, you might want to buy that lawnmower now. If you need that deduction now, get that depreciation. The biggest thing is, is we need to purchase it and put it in service before year end. So if a lot of people said, hey, I got this vehicle or I got this piece of equipment that's on order, if it's not at your place of business and put into service before year end, that deduction gets pushed to the next year. So those are some of the things there. Again, prepaying expenses, stop billing customers, clients, patients, buy office equipment, buy a vehicle. If you need it, don't go out and buy things that you don't need. And I will repeat that many times because I want to make that very clear. That's a traditional accountant. What's going to tell you? Just go out and buy something. You need a new truck? Hey, go buy, buy a new truck. Get a tax deduction. That is not what we ever want to advise someone to do. The next strategy I want to talk about is this idea of business credit cards. So if you have a business credit card, 
and you put something on that credit card, you get a deduction when that item gets put on that credit card. So if you buy a new computer for $2,000 on December 30th, you get that on your credit card, you get that deduction on December 30th here in 2023, even though you're not paying off that credit card until next year. So that could be a, a, a nice opportunity. You might want to kind of utilize credit cards in a certain way where you're shifting that as well. It allows you to get a deduction without having to have that cash out of pocket per se this year. Now, it's important to know that's for business credit cards. That's one opportunity there. Next thing I want to say, and this is one we talk about all the time on the podcast, is don't assume that you're taking too many deductions. Don't not take a deduction because maybe you're going to have no income. You might say, well, our income's low this year, so I'm not going to take this deduction. I'm not going to reimburse myself for internet and cell phone and in and, and those various things. And that, I would say, is do not go down that route. You are entitled to these deductions. And even if you're running as a loss, you can carry forward those losses to offset future income. So if you're taking deductions that are yours by the tax code, you're allowed to take these deductions, you have the support for them. Do not be afraid to take too many deductions. As long as you have the support to back it up, you're doing everything, you're dotting your I's, you're crossing your T's. This is the advantage of being a business owner. When we talk about after-tax spending versus pre-tax spending, it's something that we preach a lot here. How can we move this spending that we're already doing after-tax spending into pre-tax spending? How can we find a business purpose for that spending and move that? That's what we're talking about consistently. And so don't assume you're taking too many deductions. And I would also say, and we'll talk about this a little bit more next week, but go through your personal credit card. Go through the spending that you've done personally and make sure that you don't have business-related spending that was done on your personal credit card. Are you taking advantage of your home office? Are you taking advantage of cell phone and internet? Are you reimbursing for these things that maybe have business and personal mix? Are you reimbursing for them? Did you maybe have a dinner or you had lunch with a friend that you were talking about business? There may be a client of yours. You're maybe referral partners of yours, but you're talking about business the whole time and you thought, I'll just run that personally. Now we might want to just revisit those items and say, hey, was there anything that maybe was business related? Let's have the business reimburse us using an accountable plan if you're an S corporation. Let's have the business reimburse us for that business spending that we did personally. Make sure you're taking that into consideration. Again, making sure you have your documentation, dotting your I's, crossing your T's, have the support to back it up. The next thing we want to talk about, this isn't necessarily business related, but is a Roth conversion. You might want to think about a Roth conversion. This is just simply taking a traditional IRA dollars and converting them to a Roth. Now, the downside of this is that when you do that conversion, you're taxed on the amount because when you put money from a traditional, when you put money into a traditional IRA, pre-tax dollars, you get a tax deduction for that. Now, the problem with that is that when you withdraw during in retirement, you get that money gets taxed again. The beauty behind a Roth IRA is that when you put money into a Roth IRA, you don't get a tax deduction, but it grows tax-free and any withdrawals you make in retirement are tax-free. So a lot of people might want to look at a Roth conversion in a year where they have low income. Let's say this is a down year for you. You might say, help, we had to make a bunch of purchases. Maybe we we're suffering through a few things. Maybe we we're ramping up to make 2024 a great year. So our business this year is not very profitable, but you have $100,000 sitting in a traditional IRA. Maybe you might want to say, hey, this is a great opportunity. Let's take some of that traditional IRA and convert it to a Roth because we don't have much income this year. That tax, what we're going to get taxed on from that conversion is going to be lower than if we wait until next year when we have $400,000 in profit. If we do a conversion, then we're getting taxed at a much higher tax rate than this year where we have $40,000 in profit. You know, we might want to think about considering a Roth conversion. That could be a portion of your traditional monies or it could be all of it. But you want to look at that idea, especially if you're in a down income year, it provides an excellent opportunity to do a Roth conversion. 
And that's going to be very beneficial because now you can have that that retirement account tax free, withdrawals tax free in retirement when you do that conversion. So a great opportunity there. We also want to talk about making use of a zero percent tax bracket. And where we see this most often is for people that are supporting family members. Let's say you have a mother, a father, an aunt, an uncle, maybe somebody else that you're helping support that doesn't have any income or very low income, and you're helping to support them. Maybe you're a successful business owner, so you. You're making good money and you, and you want to just support people around you. Making use of the 0% tax bracket. If you have a family member that maybe is in a 0% tax bracket, instead of just giving them, supporting them via cash, one opportunity might be is maybe you can gift them stock. Gift them the stock, then they cash it in, and then there's no capital gains on it because they're in a 0% tax bracket. So we want to make it creative there. If you're supporting people, there may be an opportunity that we can make gift stock instead of cash. Let's go through a quick example. Let's say you had a $10,000 into the stock. Your basis in it is $2,500. So you it's worth $10,000. You paid $2,500 for the stock. If you cash that out, you're going to pay a capital gain on $7,500. That difference between what it's worth today and your basis. Then if you gift that money to them, you've just paid a capital gain on that. Where instead, what if we donated that stock to this person that you're supporting, that $10,000, it's worth $10,000, they're going to cash it in. They don't have to pay gain on that $7,500 because they're in the 0% tax bracket. So if you have someone that's in a low income, low tax bracket that you're supporting anyways, you might want to be a little bit more strategic in the way that you're supporting them. Instead of just giving them cash, is there a way that you can gift them stock and then they can cash that stock in, not have to pay taxes on it because they're in a lower tax bracket and everybody wins in that situation. So something to consider. The last piece I want to talk about today is making any charitable contributions. You know, when the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act came out, the standard deduction is much higher than it used to be. So in order to get an advantage for charitable contributions, you need to be taking itemized deductions. And with the standard deduction being much higher than it used to be, there's a lot of people that just no longer took itemized deductions before. But if you are a big contributor, maybe you're giving to charity, maybe you're giving to a church, whatever it might be, there's more than likely an opportunity where you will be able to take itemized deductions to offset your income instead of the standard deductions. Those charitable contributions, if you're doing that, need to be made before the year end. If you're doing some advanced planning, some advanced tax strategies that has involved around charitable opportunities, you need to make sure that those are completed before year end so that they can be factored into 2023 versus being pushed back to 2024. So those are the things we want to be thinking about. As we're talking about those itemized deductions, you might also want to be thinking about if you're bunching itemized deductions. Maybe you're hit a property tax bill. Maybe you're going to prepay your pay your property tax bill in December 31st instead of in January, because then you can get that deduction in here in 2023 to add to your itemized deductions. There's some planning. Again, the key to planning, especially when we come to year end, is you got to know where you're at. You got to know where your income is at. How's your business doing? Look at your business financials. Look at your income statement. Where's your profit going to be this year? Is there any other crazy things going on? Do you have a K-1 coming that maybe you didn't expect? Did you sell a stock that you maybe forgot about? There's going to be a big gain there. Did you win big gambling earlier in the year and didn't realize it? And now you're going to have potentially a 1099 coming for that. So understand where you're at. Where's your income going to be at this year? That is your foundation. That's your base. You need to know where your income's at. And that's why we stress so much about knowing your bookkeeping, having your bookkeeping up to date, having accurate financials, because then we know where you're at. And then we can do planning around that. So again, today we talked about prepaying expenses. If you know you're going to pay something, if you rent's a great example, insurance a great example, you're going to need these no matter what. If you need some more deductions this year, maybe you're going to prepay that. You have some cash on hand. 
Maybe you're going to prepay rent for January, February, March, or maybe all year, or maybe you're going to prepay some insurance to get those deduction here in 2023 versus 2024. Again, this is mainly for a cash basis filer, which is what we see in most small business owners, a lot of small business owners being categorized. Along those same lines, maybe you're going to stop billing some customers, clients, or patients here in December and push that income off into next year. You might want to also consider about buying office equipment, furniture, maybe a vehicle before year-end if you need them. Again, I stressed this earlier and I will stress it again. Do not go out and buy things you don't need just to get a tax deduction. That is a lose-lose situation. Only buy things that you need. Only prepay for things that you know you're going to be purchasing down the road. But it creates an opportunity. There is great opportunity around buying equipment, vehicles, things like that in your business. You get really good deductions for that. But don't go out and buy things you don't need just for that deduction. It's not a win-win situation. So one thing on office equipment or or furniture, things like that, is that for 2023, there's an 80% bonus depreciation. That bonus depreciation amount goes down to 60% starting in 2024, unless sometimes a a law changes before them. Remember, if you're using a business credit card, you get a deduction when you swipe that card. So if you swipe that card on December 30th, but you don't pay for it until the end of January, you get a deduction on December 30th in 2023. So this is a great opportunity where if you're maybe a little bit low on cash, because you're not billing customers or patients, you can put it on your credit card, get the deduction in 2023. Then when you bill those customers or patients early in 2024, you'll get that cash and then you can use that cash to pay off that credit card. And you got the deduction then in 2023. Again, don't assume you're taking too many deductions. You are a business owner. You have an incredible advantage over many other people in the country. You have an incredible advantage. Use the law to your advantage. Take what's given to you by the Congress, by the IRS. Take what's given to you. Don't be afraid you're taking too many deductions. If you're running at a loss, you can carry forward that loss into future years when you might have income that you do want to offset. You might want to consider a Roth conversion. If you're running in a, if this year's planning to be a low income year, it might provide a great opportunity to do a Roth conversion on some of your pre-tax dollar retirement accounts. So think about that. If you're supporting family members, you might want to think about that maybe family members that are in a lower income state, you might want to think about using the 0% tax bracket. Instead of giving them cash, instead of cashing out a stock, paying capital gains on it, and then giving them cash from that, you might want to gift them the stock. They can cash it out. They pay 0% tax depending on where their income is. And it's a win-win situation for both. And again, if you're making any charitable contributions, if you're doing any advanced planning around charitable contributions, make sure you're getting those completed before 1231. I want to remind you that next week, we're going to have an incredible episode where we're talking about everything year-end. We're kind of wrapping up 2023 about things you need to know. And I just want to reiterate this and stress this. Now is the time to implement. If you have been pushing off implementation, the time is now. Time is running out. The time is now to check that out. I also want to remind you to check out TaxElm, our new software that we launched. People are loving it. We're hearing a lot of good things. You can find that at www.taxelm.com. This may be a great tool that you want to use maybe now here before year end, or you might say, hey, this is the tool that I want to make and start using in 2024 to, again, make sure this is the year I pay the least amount in taxes as legally possible. I want to thank you for listening to another episode, and I will see you next week as we continue this discussion about things we can do before year end. This has been another episode of the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast. If you enjoy our weekly episodes, please leave a review and share with other business owners. You can find previous episodes and more information at www.taxsavingspodcast.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.